Welcome to the Wilderness Outreach Mancast. My name is John. I'm here with my brothers in Christ, Peter, Michael, and Andrew. Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality, where we will be hunting for the meaning of manhood, tracking down the intersection of faith and science, uncovering true leadership, and searching for the deep meaning of the history of God's created universe. So strap on your hiking boots and backpack, grab your compass and map, and let's get rolling. God, come to my assistance. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I have made you the light of all nations to carry my salvation to the ends of the earth. O God, give your judgment to the king, to a king's son, your justice, that he may judge your people in justice and your poor in right judgment. May the mountains bring forth peace for the people in the hills justice. May he defend the poor of the people and save the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. He shall endure like the sun and the moon from age to age. He shall descend like rain on the meadow, like raindrops on the earth. In his days, justice, justice shall flourish and peace till the moon fails. He shall rule from sea to sea, from the great river to earth's bounds. Before him, his enemies shall fall. His foes lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and the seacoast shall pay him tribute. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall bring him gifts. Before him, all kings shall fall prostrate. prostrate. All nations shall serve him. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I have made you the light of all nations to carry my salvation to the ends of the earth. The, the Lord, Lord will the Lord will save the children of the poor and rescue them from slavery. For he shall save the poor when they cry and the needy who are helpless. He will have pity on the weak and save the lives of the poor. From the oppression, he will rescue their lives. To him, their blood is dear. Long may he live. May the gold of Sheba be given him. They shall pray for him without ceasing and bless him all the day. May corn be abundant in the land to the peaks of the mountains. May its fruit rustle like Lebanon. May men flourish in the cities like grass on the earth. May his name be blessed forever and endure like the sun. Every tribe shall be blessed in him. All nations bless his name. Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, who alone works wonders. Ever blessed his glorious name. Let his glory fill the earth. Amen. Amen. The Lord will save the children of the poor and rescue them from slavery. Now the victorious reign of our God has begun. We, we praise you, the Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, 
You have assumed your great power. You have begun your reign. The nations have raged in anger, and then came your day of wrath and the moment to judge the dead. The time to reward your servants, the prophets, and the holy ones who revere you, the great and the small alike. Now have salvation and power come, the reign of our God and the authority of his anointed one. For the accursor of our brothers is cast out, who night and day accused him, accused them before God. They defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Love for life did not deter them from death. So rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell therein. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and will be forever. Amen. Now the victorious reign of our God has begun. Read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. By obedience to the truth, you have purified yourselves for a genuine love of your brothers. Therefore, love one another constantly from the heart. Your rebirth has come, not from a destructible, but from an indestructible seed. Through the living and enduring word of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall want for nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for nothing. He has brought me to green pastures. I shall want for nothing. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall want for nothing. If, if, you, hunger... Hunger... if you hunger for holiness, God will satisfy your longing. Good measure and flowing over. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of the servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. If you hunger for holiness, God will satisfy your longing, good measure, Flowing over. Lift up your hearts to our Lord and Savior, who gives his people every spiritual blessing. In the spirit of devotion, let us ask him, Bless your people, Lord. Merciful God, strengthen Francis, our Pope, and Earl, our Bishop. Keep him free from harm. Look favorably on our country, Lord. Free us from all evil. Call men to serve you, to serve at your altar, and to follow you more closely in chastity, 
poverty and obedience. Take care of your handmaidens vowed to virginity, that they may follow you, the divine lamb, wherever you go. May the dead rest in eternal peace. May their union with us be strengthened through the sharing of spiritual goods. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father of mercy, hear our evening prayer of praise, and let our hearts never waver from the love of your law. Lead us on through night's darkness to the dawning of eternal life. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. And may the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Good evening, brothers. Good to good see evening. some. Uh, yeah, good to see some faces. It's uh, been a couple weeks since we've seen uh, Brother Andrew there, and uh, a month or two since, probably a couple months since we've had Michael join us here. So this is great. I know he's been viewing from afar, so we get a little thumbs up from him every once in a while. So, well, yeah, good, good to Glad see to you. Yep. Yeah, good, good. Glad so, to be back. So tonight we're gonna kind of we're gonna run through the. Um, the idea of the, the manhood formation and the five disciplines of masculine formation. And uh, so how do we form ourselves? You know, we've spent the past month or so talking about masculine spirituality and the nature of manhood. And, and then how do we, so to speak, sharpen ourselves and make ourselves into better men. And, uh, you know, manhood requires that a man lives a rightly ordered physically physical intellectual and spiritual life this in turn requires that the correct or optimal physical intellectual and spiritual formation so during the past 15 years in wilderness outreach we've developed this idea of the five disciplines that endeavor to form us into better men and uh, so as we run through these, we'll, we'll kind of think of these, we'll continually go back to this idea of the physical, the spiritual, and the intellectual in these different disciplines. So, uh, uh, yeah, Peter, first, you were going to take, take off with the first discipline, which is? Worship. So there's three aspects to all, all five of these uh, disciplines that you have concluded that uh make us who we need to be like you said the physical intellectual and spiritual all have an aspect in every discipline so in worship we're talking about to know the to know, to know love and serve god praising and loving the lord god creator of the universe with all our hearts minds and souls prayer is definitely a, a huge um way that we do that every day or should every day. The Liturgy of the Hours, what we just finished, is a form of that. The entire church takes part in. It's beautiful. Constantly all around the world that's happening. It's crazy. It blew my mind when I learned about that. Um, the Rosary, a habit my parents instilled uh, in me from a young age. 
I still pray the rosary every day, almost every day. Um, and have for quite some time since I came back around to the church and, uh, that's worked wonders. And I think, John, I think you were telling a story about how Jordan Peterson's wife was talking about how that transformed her life a little bit. I don't know if you were talking, were you talking about that on the podcast? I think so. And uh, I don't think Andrew heard this yet, but uh, so, and, but Michael has. So uh, yeah, really great story about uh, a week ago, last Sunday, I think I would have been February. I can't remember. Jordan Peterson was in uh, Cincinnati and, uh, Laura had bought tickets about a year ago for that. And uh, it, was pr- it was pretty cool going there in general, a little tongue-in-cheek joke about that one. Laura, Laura, when we walked in, she looked around. She said, if you are a young woman and were looking for a man, this would be the place to come. <laughs> she said, there's, there's, she said, there's 60% of the population in here uh, are men. And then she looked around again and said, no, it's more like 80 it's 80% men, right? And all good guys, right? I mean, everybody in there, it's like, uh, is like a, our extended brotherhood multiplied by 300 or 3,000, right? So it was pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, Jordan Peterson's wife came out and talked for the first 10 minutes and proceeded to tell the audience about how she was terminally ill here what a, a about two years ago it was about the same time that jordan peterson was having some uh health issues and she was considered to be terminal and about that time i believe it was bishop robert Barron gave her a rosary and she started praying it so in one stage she said i started praying the rosy rosary to our blessed to the blessed mother mary of you know, the, the mother of God, Mary. And she said, I was healed. I'm completely okay. healed. And it's, it was really amazing. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, but yeah, that, uh, uh, yeah, the rosary real, what a great thing. So, so I've been trying to do that too every day. I, be, I, I try to get out first thing in the morning and, uh, and, uh, and, and then pray the rosary. So I got it, I got it done today. It's about a two mile hike. Yeah. And, uh, just some good stuff there. Yeah. It's a hard habit to instill, man. Uh, it's, it only takes 15 minutes, but for some reason, the shortest habits like that are just, they're dreadful to implement. But once you implement them, I mean, like they're so fruitful. Like I run to that as a, I mean, some days it's, it's like, man, I don't want to do this. And I, I listen to it and follow along and other days it's like, man, I need that. Um, that time just to, to be and to not focus on anything except for like Jesus's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I, uh, you know, since I haven't commuted to work in, in years now, but when I used to commute, um, I remember for years, I, I would always listen to like talk radio in the morning on the drive in. It's probably a good half hour drive to work each way. And then, um, there was one, one year for Lent, I decided to start doing the rosary on my commute. And, um, man, I just remember, you know, prior to that, I would get to work listening to talk radio, right. You get all the negative news (laughs) early in the morning on your way to work. And I just remember just contemplating all of the, the negativity that I was hearing. And then by replacing that with the praying the rosary on my commute, 
man, what a difference. Like I just, I felt mm. so much more at peace going to work. My mind felt clearer. Um, I just felt ready, more, more ready for the day than I had previously felt. Mm. Um, so it, it was definitely a, a good thing during that, during that time and probably something I, I needed and uh, maybe the Holy spirit kind of pulling me in that, uh, in that direction to, to start doing that as a, as a habit in my drive. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a change in that. I see in myself with a day that started with prayer as opposed to not, um, and not really letting that drag your whole day down you know, fitting in prayer when you can. Um, I've actually had the, um, don't usually have a commute, but recently I've been able to be on the road or working uh, by myself in the quiet and I'm able to, you know, uh, offer up some of that prayer time. That's so essential to, you know, our lives and our being really, um, but so essential to our spiritual life as husbands, fathers, good Catholic men in this society. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like a triangle, man. All three of these, the physical, intellectual, and intellectual and spiritual, like when one of those corners is soft or weak or doesn't get polished or whatever, the whole triangle collapses fairly quickly for me anyway. Um, and prayer is one that I suck at. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like every day I have this poster board on my wall over there and it's got um, a bunch of cubes on it. And I put it on my wall because I have these habits I want to implement. And every day I check it off if I do it. And uh, the first thing on there is prayer. There's some other stuff. But like I went from February 9th to the 15th, you know, didn't check anything at all. And like, so I just wrote the date down when I started again, but I started again, you know. So just kind of staying present to all three of those areas and all aspects of our life is I think it's a lifelong journey. You know, I don't know about, I, I guess I could ask John, how, when did you, did you ever start implementing a habit like that in the morning for you? Cause I agree with Michael, like that sets my days up completely differently when I begin with that quiet and uh, I don't know, giving myself to keeping the main thing, the main thing. Yeah, I'm kind of an old, I'm, I'm, I'm old school and an old guy, right? So I got started late in life. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, I was kind of one of those guys grew up uh, nominally Christian. I was grew up in the Methodist church and, uh, and it was like, you kind of, we went to church every Sunday, but you know, you prayed when you got in trouble. <laughs> you know, when things weren't going right okay lord you got to take get me out of this mess i've got myself into that was about the extent of my prayer for mm. 30 years so uh so so anyway but it was you know it's come it's really that uh you know the way the lord works in our lives to lead me to the point where now it's like yeah that prayer is so essential you know it's like so i really like this morning we had our men's prayer group which starts at six o'clock michael's part of this group so i'm up making coffee by five or five fifteen. then i try to get the office in so because i read the office every day which is before morning prayer because there's always so much good stuff there like you know the proverbs 
or they're going into the proverbs right now in the office, which is really good stuff. You know, that, the wisdom literature. So good. Right. So, yeah. So I was kind of thinking about the other, another aspect of worship is like the, you know, the seven sacraments and I'm thinking of especially, uh, you know, the sacrament of reconciliation or confession. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty neat. I've, I've got a, that's really one you have to pray about to get it right. You know, that's one of my daily prayers to Lord lead me to a good confession. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, so to do, to do a good examination of conscience, you know, what have I done wrong? What should I do different? You know, okay, Lord, what am I, you know, um, praying the Holy spirit to convict me of what, where my, my blind spots are and the things that I have not thought or done right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a dangerous prayer actually. It is. It is. Careful what you wish for, man. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the uh, so kind of thinking about uh, we'll move on here to uh, the next discipline. But yeah, this whole thing about so in wilderness outreach, right? We we do we've we've carrying that tradition forward of you know first thing in the morning we're getting up in the morning, getting getting things rolling for the day, and when we move into morning prayer, yeah, in wilderness outreach, and then at the end of the day we're we're moving into evening prayer usually after we have, uh, you know, after, well, we celebrate mass every day. So we, you know, and, and part of that whole celebration, the whole worship is building the altar of sacrifice. So, and that was one of Michael's big high points was he got to work on two altars of sacrifice that we uh, celebrated in the Sierra this past year. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, I would say that's that's a huge part of the whole yeah. of this outreach um, is bringing and kind of like we started the podcast with prayer. Usually, any kind of wilderness outreach, um, you know, event or expedition is there's prayer is just so interwoven through what we do that there there's really no way that you can be working and completely forget about prayer in any given time during the expedition, which is, you know, is so awesome, especially from coming out of this world of chaos where you can easily be sidetracked by the media, by the news, by the negativity, like you were talking about, Andrew, um, you get out in the wilderness and it's like no service, no. And all of a sudden you're completely unplugged from the culture and it allows you to separate from that. Um, and then, yeah, enter into the divine office, the, the morning prayer, the Angelus at noon, the mass daily, uh, you know, there's a priest there um, for the sacrament of confession. It's like, you know, how, how much better could you get? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I know my thing was, was work here. Um, you know, of course, I'll, I'll read off on this here a little bit. It says work is man's participation in the unfolding of the creation of God's universe. 
work is man's participation in the unfolding of the creation of God's universe. So basically when God's thinking of the creation, he's about to, you know, to create, he's creating it. He's like, I need somebody to kind of aid in this. And of course creates man. Um, And we're a key part of that. You know, you look around you, you got all this, all of men's work. Um, I know on this past, um, the expedition that I went on out to the Sierras, um, we read a book by Anthony Esselin. Um, I'm trying to think of the call, what that book name is slipping my mind right now, but in the book, it kind of was spelling out like, look around you and look at the work of man and, you know, things that are uh, of course inspired by, you know, our Lord um, definitely wouldn't have taken place without the help of our Lord. Um, But you see, you know, our whole system, the road system, the bridge system, they were talking about the ancient Romans and their, how they got water into the city, you know, with the viaducts and it's just and how how god created the man's brain to develop the tools you know to get there you know the the first levels or the methods of leveling and how the clearances and stuff that they had to deal with was so precise um so when you look at it in that way it's like you know and you can go as deep as you want and everywhere you turn, you're going to be led back to like, yeah, there's no way except by a creator. Um, uh, to go on with that, you know, that theme through wilderness outreach, the work and prayer, um, you know, in the Latin, the aura at labora work as prayer. And of course on the expedition, your work becomes prayer. You're constantly usually paired off with another brother another man um and you get to talking with him about maybe some struggles that he's going through that he's operating up or maybe it's complete you know ideas that he has or things he's been thinking about or you know you'll start to see the men's brains functioning without the culture without the news feed without anything and all of a sudden it's like wow the conversations that come out of that um, you know, it's key, key. Um, you know, what, what are some physical, intellectual, intellectual and spiritual forms of work? Um, of course we've kind of touched on the physical, getting in there, getting down in the dirt, um, you know, doing that, that physical labor. And for those of us, uh, I say those of us, I'm, I'm not in the corporate world, but for those who are in the corporate world, um, you know, grinding at that job um, for the benefit of our families, for the benefit of our uh, communities, um, you know, that um, just getting in there, getting physical, having at it, even though it's unpleasant at times, you know. So, yeah, that uh, that's interesting to think about. That uh, you had mentioned about the vi- the the, uh, the aqueducts that were built in Rome, and Anthony Esselin talks about that. And I'm trying to 
I can't think of the name of that book right off the top of my head either, but it's like, I'll think of it here. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like how, how men be built, build, built civilization. That's not quite it, but he talks about that. Like those aqueducts had to be like within an eighth of an inch. Yes. Over 10 Horrible. feet or something. Right. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. And yeah. if they were, if they were like a quarter of an inch, the water would either move too fast or wouldn't move fast enough. And they built those aqueducts in those ancient days so, so, so close, and they worked, right? So it was just amazing. And, uh, and you know, when we were coming over, the, over uh, Kaiser Pass uh, and through the Kaiser Wilderness, dropping down into uh, Edison Lake there, there was that, uh, there was that uh, pipeline that runs all the way across the mountains, that, that part of the Sierra down into Fresno and that water uh, comes from Edison Lake. So they, they built this whole pipeline up there and that pipe's got to be what, 10 feet in diameter in some places. So it's huge. Yeah. Can, comes into the bottom of that lake. They built this huge dam and it acts like a big siphon. So once that water gets rolling, it just automatically rolls downhill, right? So it's got, it comes up over the ridge, but it siphons itself and heads down into those other lakes in the lower elevations. At the same time, then it's turning turbines to create electricity. So it's that, yes, that's, it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing what, what men have done, you know, and, and it started like, and at the same time, it kind of started as an intellectual endeavor first, you know, it's almost like, here's an idea, you know, it's almost like this, this mental idea. And then all of a sudden it becomes reality by some guy starting to work on it. Right. Yeah. I, I was thinking about how, um, like what a great achievement during you know, during those early that those early Roman times to be able to be able to move water <laughs> from a from a distance to a to a more local, you know, a, a more convenient local area for, for people living in, in cities. Um, that's like I, I just think about how that what what how revolutionary that must have been for the time right this invention of being able to to do that because up until that point you're probably hauling water water for maybe a mile two miles i don't know like what 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 was that like um and for for people to have this uh, you know this convenience of of getting water easily um near their homes it's just a a tremendous uh feat right that that men were able to to build that um and well, number one, to come up with, conceptualize it, and then to develop the methods to to build it, because that, that had to happen first. <laughs> like those two things had to happen first before they could actually physically bring this thing together into something that was usable. Hmm. Yeah, you wonder who the first guy was. It's like, yeah, I think we'll keep this water about, you know, yeah. how far off the ground it is. And they probably conceptualized it as like uh, this bridge. We can get a wagon over this bridge. So how do we get liquid over a bridge? And if we had bridges clear from, you know, wherever the reservoir was that they were getting the water from, it's like, you know, there's man's brain again. Yeah. Computing, figuring it out. Um, 
probably talking with a group of guys kind of like we are right now. It's like, Hey, is it, am I dumb for thinking this? Or are you thinking the same thing? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but, it was an idea refined over, I'm sure multiple generations. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sure they got out in the sandbox a little bit too. And, you know, yeah. we, you know, built a little mock-up or something, you know, but yeah. So, so, so kind of a, before we move on to that next uh, discipline. So this, this discipline of work's amazing. So it's so simple in wilderness outreach because we're using all hand tools and it's really getting work down into the, down to the, the original stuff, right. With, with hands and tools in the quiet of hearing the pickmatics and the rock bars and the cross cut saws cutting and moving stuff and guys talking together. So it's a, uh, and uh, it's purifying. So it's kind of like that war, that aura et labora work, prayer and work. So work can be very purifying like that, right? It's especially in that environment in the wilderness. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking about the guys that do have office jobs, though. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely a spiritual and intellectual, intellectual part to uh, their work as well, even though they're missing that physical aspect, like corporate guys, like the the struggles that they have to deal with. And, uh, I mean, even at, at work where, you know, the blue collar guys like us at Michael, me and you, uh, we go work with our hands and we, we are able to see all three aspects pretty clearly, even if we're not at wilderness outreach, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, this guy has a terrible outlook on the world. How can I help him? You know, or like anything like that, but I'm kind of trying to put my finger on how, the uh like like andrew how do you tackle tackle this in your in your role yeah. where do you, where are the spiritual and intellectual come in <laughs> it's uh you know it's interesting like I, I always um as i've you know i i do my my job is primarily a desk job right i i use my hands in the sense i, I type on a keyboard and use a mouse all day gotta have them <laughs> <laughs> need them <laughs> um you know, I always feel this like inner yearning for physical labor. Like I've never been able to, to kind of shrug that off. Um, there's just something that's cleansing about it to me. Um, and so I, you know, part of, part of the, what has drawn me to wilderness outreach is being able to um, kind of get weekends moments of doing that uh, because I, I just, I don't get enough opportunity to do that in, in my job. Um, you know, most of my job is, is, you know, primarily, I would say, you know, it, it I'm, I'm, my work is, is mostly, you know, it, it's mostly sitting there thinking, solutioning, designing, intellectual. Um, it's more intellectual than anything. Um, but I still feel that desire for the physical work. Like I just, I need, I need to do something. I need to have my body produce something physical. Um, and so again, I, I, that, that's, what's drawn me to wilderness outreach and, and what I love most about, you know, going out into the wilderness and working, working the earth, right. Um, yeah. cutting down a tree and, and, and moving, <laughs> moving giant, uh, chunks of, uh, of tree trunks. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, Andrew did that too. And he's a, he's a, a mule man. I'll tell you right now, because <laughs> down there at the, uh, the, the St. Martin de Porres Center back in, when was that? Was that in December? Yeah. yeah. Like second, the, the first or second weekend in December, we went down there, had a, a group of guys, maybe about a dozen, 
or something, yeah, 10, yeah, 10 or 12 guys. Yeah. And that hillside had gotten, gotten a big heavy wind on it. And there were probably six or eight trees laying down all over the place. It was a mess. And so we got up in there and basically just cut all the trees up. We did use chainsaws, but we had to move some just amazing amount of wood. And then we cut a new trail up into it with pickmatics and yeah, but, uh, yeah, Andrew was up there heaving the, even the logs around. So he's really making, taking advantage of that good physical labor there. Cause he, yeah. he's starting to look like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime, <laughs> you know? Well, and it's like, it's a reminder for me of, you know, sometimes sitting at a desk job, you, you, and it kind of, I think plays into the, one of the, the next items we're going to talk about asceticism, but, um, you kind of get comfortable, right. In your, um, you forget what, what it's like to do real physical labor. Um, and I, you know, when I, I go on those, ex, those, those weekend expeditions, um, I, I feel it for several days after I'm using muscles that I, I just don't use day to day. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, there's definitely a lot of, I think just that, that connection for at least for, and I, and I, I hear this from a lot of men who work, you know, desk jobs is that they, they, they feel like they need to put their body to use beyond just the intellectual. Mm. Um, there, there's just a, a, a strong need and a desire to, you know, to get out there and, and work and work hard with your hands. Yeah. Especially with brotherhood too, I think. For sure. Yeah. Which is another thing we'll talk about soon. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, kind of leading into to asceticism. So, you know, the discipline of denying the self for spiritual development. Um, and as we're, you know, we're coming upon the, the Lenten season, a very, uh, appropriate bullet point here. Um, you know, so I, I think about asceticism in a number of, of different ways, right? There's the kind of the physical, the physical component of asceticism, but um, there's also, I think the kind of the psychological intellectual component um, that sometimes we, you know, we, we do over overlook, um, you know, we're, we're constantly um, distracting ourselves with any number of different, uh, any of number of different things today, especially, you know, with, with technology, um, the, the distractions are, are unlimited. And so we, we need to sometimes think about how do we disconnect ourselves from, from those distractions. Um, and I, I even, I notice in myself that there are, are moments where my, my attention span is so short and it's the result of the fact that I have, you know, I have, I'm inundated with all of these different things and my mind is constantly working and we need to, I think we, you know, I know I need to remind myself that, Hey, sometimes you need to put that stuff away and try to, you know, try to compartmentalize things a little bit more so that your attention isn't being pulled in a, in a hundred different ways in any given moment. Um, so I, I think beyond the, the physical elements, I feel like that, that kind of psychological intellectual component is also very important. Um, and something that, you know, I try to, especially during the Lenten season, try to make it a point to, um, to try to, you know, put the phone away, turn the laptop off at, you know, work ends, turn it off. Don't get back on it. Um, try to just clear my mind and get, and get refocused on the things that are important. Um, so, and then again, you know, with that kind of the component of the physical elements, um, 
you know, one of the questions here, what are some, you know, what are some common practices of asceticism? So I know, I know a lot of men do the uh, Exodus 90 and asceticism is a big, is a big part of that Exodus 90 program. Uh, <laughs> our, our, a few of the guys uh, in our parish last year, we decided to do a, um, not an Exodus 90, but kind of a, an Exodus uh, just during the Lenten season. <laughs> Uh, for 40 days and we kind of made up our own you know our own little mix of different things that we were going to do and one of them was the cold showers so we carried those cold showers forward um we would do them three times a week and uh what what a great practice to uh re um kind of recenter yourself on how you know how great having hot or warm water coming out of the uh out of the shower head each and every day um I know a lot of the guys that that was one of the more difficult ones for many of them, especially it was it was pretty cold uh, during during my last year. So um, taking cold showers isn't easy. But um, but yeah, I you know, there's any number of different practices, I think, that, you know, that we can put forward um, during, you know, especially now during this Lenten season, things that we can give up, you know, whether it's drinking, whether it's um, indulging in, in different foods. And trying to, uh, you know, to remind ourselves of the importance of, of you know, of, of excess, right? And and how that can that can easily distract us from some of the more important things that we need to uh, focus on, like our spiritual development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the funny things about wilderness outreach. It makes us think about how conditioned we are to be so comfortable and lazy. Mm -hmm. You know, like parking as close as you can to the door of a store you know, or like, yeah, not doing something because it might be raining outside. I don't know about you guys. I do that. I'm not going to lie about it, but, uh, just it's funny. And then like, uh, just sleeping on a bed even. Right. Or like having mm -hmm. hot water. Like you said, there's so many things or like getting, getting to brush your teeth twice a day. Yeah. Like we've hit the lottery by being born in the West. Yeah, for sure. You know, and we don't realize, I think, mm -hmm. a lot of the time how how good we do have it. And uh, this is one of the things I personally have to pay attention to. There's some ascetic practices that I'm, you know, tracking, like praying. And I, I'd consider prayer an ascetic practice because it's so it's difficult. I mean, it's not easy, you know, um, showing up every day and slotting out that that time for the rosary the 15 minutes it's like oh man 15 minutes or i could be listening to whatever else or doing something else or the quiet time in the morning of just being and listening or like today i had a good one i got uh, i missed my turn on the way home from the gym and uh since i missed that turn i was going to drive by saint peter's in chillicothe and there's it's adoration day thursday's adoration day chillicothe um, it's like after mass to 9 PM, I think if you're ever around, but, uh, I was like, dang, man, missed my turn. It's like, that's not good. And then, uh, I was like, well, I guess Jesus is kind of telling me to do something, you know? So I stopped off in there for a little bit, stunk real bad. I know I did, but thankfully there was only one person in there. I went in there and said, <laughs> hi, you know, said a prayer and and left. But I mean, like that was still a battle within myself. I was like, man, I don't want to stop right now because I just left the gym and blah, blah, blah. There were so many reasons. It always seems like that with every ascetic practice that I try to pursue is like, there's just, there's 
way more reasons to not do it, you know, every time. For sure. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, this this is uh, so I think one of the toughest ascetic practices is the virtue of temperance. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so much easier just to not do it. Right. It's yeah. like instead of just doing a little bit of it, right? This like the idea of like fasting the way the church prescribes it isn't like just not eating, right? It's like, no, you're going to eat a little bit. Yeah, that's And that's hard. harder than just not eating. Not it. It's yeah. like, and, and there's something, I think the masculine mind, the masculine heart just says, yeah, I'll just go all the way, right? And it's like easier, right? There's something easier about just saying, I'm going to deny myself 100% here today. Whereas, no, I'm going to have 500 calories today in well thought out little portions that's what i'm going to do and it's like that's really difficult yeah and i think that's an ascetic practice right because it's like it's physically it's physical spiritual and intellectual you have to think about it you got to be intentional about it you got to pray about it and it's like my emotions are fighting me the whole way there that my i don't want to do that right so it's yeah. a, it's that that soft part of me that wants to you know, either do it all or do nothing, right? Just once, once the two extremes. Yeah. That's another cool aesthetic practice that shows you a lot about yourself and your, your connection to the things of the world is fasting and with food or with like Andrew was talking about with tech or with anything, it just shows you so much. That's why I'm really excited for the expeditions this year, just to see like, what am I going to miss the most? You know, cause you think, you know what you'll miss the most and then you go and then it's like, Oh, <laughs> that's what you were showing me jesus i get it i think a little bit anyway <laughs> we're working on it yeah no what kind of building on what you said john about you know it's almost harder to eat a little bit um you know i i know for myself and in, in past um and it may be in part because like I had just eaten breakfast or something, but there's something really difficult about thinking ahead and packing your lunch for the day. And like, this is what I'm going to have. I got to get all the little containers out, separate. You can only fit so many chips in a little plastic, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll sacrifice. I'll put, I'll make it little crumbs today. It's just more chips, you know, but you know, you know going back to maybe like i'm only putting in chips that aren't gonna today you know it's like that's all i'm getting in um but yeah it's i've known um yeah there's some days where it's like well it'd just be easier to to not eat um but you're like you're saying the temperance of taking one piece of pie or one scoop of ice cream um, is a lot more difficult than just being like, well, I'll just go to sleep and wake up in the morning and eat then, you know? Mm -hmm. So that uh, leads us on to the next discipline, which is uh, leadership. And uh, it's interesting to think of leadership as a discipline, but um it is in so many ways and the fact that it's it's kind of starts with the intellect again i think the leadership 
it gets, it starts to get processed and built on the level of the intellect. But I think the, um, it's actually something that's in our heart. It comes from our heart because it's, it's the way God created us to be leaders. So that's one of the, in the, in the, the canon of masculine spirituality, leadership is one of the roles that, that the male creature was built for. And, uh, and so understanding that, you know, this whole concept of leadership as a discipline means that we have to understand who we are as leaders and then actually who we are as followers at the same time. There's an interesting continuum there. You might think of it as like the, the, the followership leadership continuum. So on one end, you're a follower and you're kind of getting behind guys that are kind of leading the way, figuring out the work, laying out the work or the journey or whatever. And then you're falling in behind, but for every man in some respect, there's uh there's the, the way that we have to lead and we have to, so there's, there's, you know, definitely as a uh, men in a family, we have to be the leader of the household, really important and understand how we lead and how we, at the same time, a good leader knows how to hunt for the best ideas, right? To search for the best ideas, to listen what's what's going on around him, and especially like with with our wives, and uh, to to understand, to listen, to listen to the the great women that are in our lives, because a lot of times they'll they'll be seeing a problem that needs to be solved or see how it can be solved. And they're waiting for us to get to the point where we've banged our head against the wall a number of times. And it was like, I think he's ready. I'll mention it. <laughs> I'll mention it. <laughs> and to, to, to lead in that effort, right? So that, and leadership, you know, it's not only leading, you know, it starts with us personally. So, to to be a leader, we have to first learn how to lead ourselves, which means knowing ourselves. So we have to know who we are, what our faults are, what our weaknesses are, see ourselves with true humility and understand what our strengths are, and then how we affect ourselves, you know, how our actions and our thoughts and uh, our emotions affect us. And then how do we affect other people around us? So it's a pretty complex thing. It's kind of gets back to that idea of in leadership that we talked about a couple months ago now, but the, the whole idea of extreme ownership, you know, is the concept of being a leader of kind of owning it all and, and, and stretching out to own it all. Right. So I think that's part of the masculine heart wants to stretch out and own it all as painful as that is, right? Because in, in trying to, to own it all, we learn more about ourselves and like, oh, I can't believe I did that or I thought that or I, you know, so there's this constant struggle of, of personal mastery that's really at the, the heart and the beginning of leadership. Yeah, all, all the other things that we've talked about have to be in line for that, you know? So there's this massive struggle to, to, uh, worship to work and have these ascetic practices you know what i mean that that it's like the path to self-mastery almost that enables us to become that self-gift right like it's kind of funny we kind of like learn 
um, we become aware through the worship and the prayer and, and the work and the ascetic practices. And then once we're aware, we can do the work to take, take charge of that and uh, possess ourselves. And then in the leadership is where that self gift really begins. I guess that uh, that kind of brings us back around to brotherhood, right, John? Are we ready to move on to that? Let's let's do it. Right on. So, without all the other things in line, the brotherhood could potentially be detrimental or useless. You know, without the first four things that we've talked about in line, um, the brotherhood could potentially be our downfall. You know what I mean? If we don't have those those cornerstone things in place of uh, a good prayer life, a good work ethic, you know, ascetic practices, and we're ready to give ourselves away. Uh, we're, I guess, more susceptible to fall or uh, to be a bad influence on our brothers or, or feed into that, I would say. Yeah, like like, you know, like being in a bad brotherhood, like we're all hanging out, drinking a lot of booze and yeah, in uh, like t- and talking about all the wrong stuff and watching all the wrong stuff. Right. So that would yeah. be like the, yeah. Yeah. But when all these things are in line, it's the most beautiful thing ever. I mean, like it just enables us to become so much more than we could ever be. It's like synergy, really. It's like Covey's synergy. When all these things are in line, it's like everything just blossoms and grows so wildly. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's, interesting you say that because like in a in a real brotherhood we're we're challenging each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're not sliding on anything. Right. You know. I mean, and you're but you're like, you know, your brothers are helping you think about things and are coming to you. So we come to each other with problems and, you know, kind of look for, hey, I'm struggling with this. How do I, you know, how do I do this? Uh, you kind of a good example that last Saturday we did a, a pretty cool workout together up at uh, Pete McCann's house in Clintonville and Michael was there and I was there and uh, Eric and Dan and uh, Andrew and uh, not 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 the Andrew with us tonight but another Andrew but uh, uh, but anyway it was pretty cool because after the, the the workout we got in there was some discussion about some challenges that uh, one of our brothers was facing at work and it was pretty neat the way everybody just kind of listened up and kind of thought about it. And, and there was kind of became, it came like a really cool problem solving session. Don't you think Michael? Yeah, it was really cool. I kind of how we all gathered around and it was almost like we just, we would sit back and think and listen to one of the, uh, one of the men, but at the same time, we're almost kind of thinking about maybe a solution or an aspect that, we're thinking about as we're also, you know, so it was, it was cool. We all kind of took turns or elaborated on each other's um, points. And I think it was, I think when we first started discussing it, some of the points were like, Whoa, Whoa. You know, like I hadn't thought of that or um, yeah, I think it was extremely 
extremely helpful. Yeah. Yeah. When fa- it's kind of interesting because it got pretty deep too. So in other words, and I think, you know, one of our brothers really, and I, as soon as he said it, I like, like, that's it, man. So, he, and I, and I, I couldn't help but run with what he said, even though it was to his credit, but the Holy spirit was speaking to him and he was basically saying your company that you're running, man, it's actually about, forming men that's what it's about and and that that was you know that's the one brother said no your company that you're working on and you're building right now it's not about the the work you're actually doing it's about the work of building and forming good men and that was like so key to hear that i thought right that was just yeah and that's what we're all into that's what we're that's our job right so our job yeah. is is raising our families and forming our children and you know leading ourselves into this world to protect our church and you know forming other men and our brothers with us to so we can lock arms and yeah yeah it was kind of like I think he, the way he put it was like, like looking at your mission statement, like, why are you different from the rest and why, you know, yeah, it was was super cool. Because I I know what you're talking about when he came up with that thought and I was standing there and we were kind of in a separate group other than, you know, the, uh, the man that we were kind of counseling uh, was, couple guys were talking to him about another point and all of a sudden we both like looked up at him and like almost kind of ran over and was waiting you know to for him to tell him that because it was so key i think to the whole <laughs> conversation that we were having so that was cool so andrew you're uh you you have a a, a band of brothers that you know that's kind of a we're all orbiting together but you're up there at john the 23rd you got a pretty interesting band of brothers going we, on up there, don't you? We, we do. And uh, it's funny because Father O'Connor always jokes that, um, you know, he at one, this was true last year, but that his grand knight was younger than him um, in our Knights of Columbus Council. So we've got a, we've got a really young Knights of Columbus Council at John the 23rd. Um, and so a lot of, of very um, enthusiastic members and, and, people wanting to be in, you know, men wanting to be involved in, in all kinds of different activities. So, um, you know, we continue, continue to grow and, um, you know, the, the brotherhood is very strong there. Um, a lot of great friendship friendships have been developed, um, in our, in our kind of core group. Um, and so these are, you know, we're, we're trying to do John and, and to an extent as I kind of replicate some of the, these components of wilderness outreach, right. But right within our own, our parish community, because um, there's most certainly a need, a need for us to do that. And, um, and it's been great, right. The last, uh, last couple of years, we started hosting um, like a little, um, it was a, it was just a monthly, uh, monthly series. We called it praying with fire. And it was just kind of a play on the words of playing with fire because we're men, but uh, but praying with fire. Um, and it, once a month on a Friday night, um, we would all get together out in the, the back of the parish property, get a big bonfire going and just have, uh, you know, just kind of socialize uh, a little bit of fraternity. And then, um, you know, a topic on 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 worship and or uh, spirituality. 
And um, and it was it was a great time. We had tremendous turnout for for those types of events. Um, it's something that was you know really drawing a lot of men in from the parish. We were averaging you know for a parish our size, we were averaging about twenty five to 30, 30 guys each time, uh, which is which is a pretty good turnout for us. That's um, a great turnout. Yeah, yeah. And, and you John, have a great young parish. Yeah, for sure. You really yeah. do. That's pretty neat to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's, um, you know, I was thinking about something Pete had mentioned earlier and like these, these first three disciplines and the importance of them and how they, they really are, they become the foundation for, for leadership, right? You have to, I look at these first three disciplines as being the kind of the things we have to, we have to recognize internally that we, um, that we need to, we need to be men of worship we need to be men who work we need to be men of a set like who who practice asceticism um because that's how we ultimately get to know ourselves is through those first three disciplines that's the route to us knowing ourselves and then that leads into um this fourth discipline of leadership by knowing ourselves we therefore can lead others um right. and and then as we lead others we develop the brotherhood mm. Because other brothers will recognize our leadership and want to be with us, right? Be connected to us. Um, so I, 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 as I, I'm reading through these, I kind of see like the, you know, this process of development, right? And that's how, that's how this all comes together. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, yeah, right? yeah. And it comes together in the brotherhood. I mean, just kind of think about that, like the worship, right? Yeah. So here, here are these men and, you know, we're probably kind of strange characters to a lot of men out there if they'd mm -hmm. see us. Right. For sure. I mean, we're going to yeah. worship together. We're going to pray together right now. You yeah. know, we're going to, we have problems, brothers, let's put our hands together and pray to the Lord to, you know, help us understand what's going on here and, and lead, lead us to the right solution and all that kind of stuff. It's uh it's pretty remarkable stuff. So it all, sure. you're right. It is interesting because Pete, Peter really came up with a good insight there about how that all kind of is the foundation and leads to the leads to this final. It's kind of like brotherhood's almost like the crowning discipline, right? Where we're, we're really helping each other up. We're pushing each other along the way, challenging each other, loving each other. Yeah. It's yeah. funny though. It's like your greatest strength could be your greatest weakness too at the same time. Cause you know what I mean? Like I, I definitely had an old brotherhood that I used to run around with, you know, and they were to my detriment Yeah, for a lot right. of years. Yeah. 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 Who was that? So I've heard this phrase a number of times, but you can, you can tell the character of a, of a man by the, by the friends he keeps. Right. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that means so much. It's like, uh, Yeah. And, and, and after, you know, when you start rolling in this direction towards, uh, you know, masculine leadership and holiness, it's like, you don't want to waste any time anymore, right? We only got a few, we only got a few days left here and we got to make the most out of it and really, you know, push ourselves in all those, those good ways. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Hey brothers, it's, we've, we've been at it for an hour already. It's hard to believe. Amazing man. how fast. You know, time. when I, before we went into this, when I was heading down here, Laura says, "What's what's the topic tonight?" And I said, "The five disciplines." She said, 
that's going to be a lot to do in an hour, right? I mean, <laughs> we could have, as I'm looking back at that, we could have dug in a little deeper on each one oh, of yeah. those. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. So I don't it, think we gave. I don't think we gave later leadership its full due. I think we yeah. did on that for all, so, all the podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or work. So, yeah. Any so, of them really. I mean, yeah. We're yeah. gonna roll roll into next week. So listen up for this, right? Leonard Sachs's book, Dr. Leonard Sachs, uh, The Boys Adrift. And I think that the Boys Adrift book is probably about 10 years old now. It's been revived, revised once. But the, the, five, um, the five factors in, the, in our culture today that are uh, causing harm to our young men, let's say that's the – and we're going to talk about those five factors next week. And uh, I think uh, – there's some there's some stuff in there that'll make some of our brothers uncomfortable when we start talking about it. So that's a good book. It is a good book. It is a good book. So I'll I'll be sending out a summary on those different uh, points, and then you can always go to like grab a YouTube, you know, like a little ten minute or twenty minute YouTube thing where you can find Doctor Leonard Sachs out there. But you know he'll talk about the uh, you know the problems of virtual reality is one of them a big problem the the problem with our modern education system uh you know the problem with the uh, the poisons in our food and water system you know the destruction of manhood so there's a number of different things we get to talk about and it's very the that particular book is well written it's well um researched He's looking at all the research that's out there. He is a psychiatrist and a psychologist, a, a, a doctor whose specialty is in childhood development. So uh, he's got some good stuff going on there. So we'll give a tip of the hat to him next week to talk about that. So, uh, What's coming up in the future here, John? Yeah, future. so uh, a week from uh, to, uh, Saturday – and that would be if my get my brain working right. Saturday, February twenty fifth, we're going to have the the men's conference, the Columbus Catholic Men's Conference, and the Wilderness Outreach will be there in strength and numbers, and we'll have the crosscut saws, and we'll be making uh, rugged as you are rosaries, and uh, just kind of. And I think uh, our buddy Peter uh, McCann's going to be bringing some kettlebells and stuff like that. We're going to be shoving some weights around, challenging some guys and doing some stuff there. So, and, and our Bishop's going to talk. So I'm kind of, I'm going to try to work on father Han and see if we can get the Bishop over there to cut, cut a log with one of us. Right. So we, we need to get that on film. So, That'd be really cool. That, so, that'll be great. That'll be great video for the website. John. I think so. I think so. And then uh, a week from then, so the first weekend in March, we're going to be up at Damascus doing the woodcutting weekend. So we do that yearly where we go up there and uh, they got a bunch of logs or land down. We'll cut them up into, into uh, nice size logs and split them up for them. So the campers have uh, wood to burn this coming summer. And then uh, the weekend of March the 10th, we're going to do a Tar Hollow weekend. I think we're calling that uh, uh, Trail Work, Cigars, and Masculine Spirituality. So it's an adult uh, male 
adult man uh, weekend. We're going to be clearing the trails because I know there's some woodland down there, and I'm, I've been sharpening up a crosscut saw. And by the way, Michael, I've already, uh, whether you like it or not, I'm picking you as one of those guys going to have to learn how to to sharpen these crosscut saws because you've got the hey, stuff, man. You got that detail orientation. I know you'd love it. So I we're going to sharpen chainsaws. So well, well, there, and this is a little, this is a little, uh, this is a little more, more artistic detailed. and yes. yeah, so it's a lot, it's, it's not, it's not as fast, but it's, it's pretty neat thing, but we're going to, we're going to saw some of those logs off the trails down on Tar Hollow. So that coming up in uh, Saturday, April 8th, we're going to do the carry the cross. So we're going to be walking on those same trails that we're going to be working on uh, in the weekend of March 10th. And then, uh, the weekend, uh, the the next weekend, we're going to do a father and son camp out down in Tar Hollow at that same time. And then uh, also coming up in May, we're going to be out in the Rogue River Wilderness in Oregon. We're going to be working on the Rogue River Trails, so we're recruiting men for that. And uh, in the middle of July, I think uh, a couple wilderness outreach brothers are going to head into Wyoming and, and Colorado to hunt out some other areas for us to work next year. And then at the end of August and beginning of July, we're going to be in the Sierra Nevada again. And uh, so Andrew is coming with us on that one. Pete's coming with us. And there's been a few guys already signed up for that. And I see uh, – and we might be going to a similar area that we were last year. Michael's grinning right now, so I think he he wants to come back <laughs> with us. But I'm not sure if Bella's going to stand for that two we'll years see. in a row. <laughs> That'd be good to get you back out there, right? Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some pretty neat areas out there. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So uh, and uh, so anyway, I'm going to finish us off with prayer. And Peter, if you'll take care of the Exit music. I will. Uh, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All powerful God, may the prayers of all the saints bring us help from heaven as their lives already given us an example of holiness. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.